Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. As the creators of Clean Beauty, Bare Minerals is driven by a philosophy that makeup and skincare should make your skin better, not just better looking. That's why their best-selling original foundation is made with only five ingredients— all minerals. For Bare Minerals, to be clean without compromise means good for skin formulas with proven performance. Upgrade to clean beauty products. Use the foundation finder at bareminerals.com to find your perfect match. First-time customers will get 15% off when you use the promo code CHALLENGED. Bare Minerals, the power of good. For years, we've known about probiotics for our guts, yet our cleaning supplies are busy wiping out all the good with the bad. Bring probiotic power to your home with new microcosmic cleaners and hand soaps from Aunt Fanny's. They add good with a beneficial bacteria extract plus safe plant-based cleaners. They're tough on dirt, gentle on you. Shop antfannies.com slash good and use coupon code CHALLENGED at checkout for 20% off your entire order. Hello, everybody. 
It's Candace and Kayla, and we are directionally challenged. Yeah, we kind of thought we'd have it all figured out by the time we were in our 30s. Um, but surprise, we don't. We don't, <laughs> but we are sitting down with someone today who has figured out a lot by the time she turned 30. And she just turned 30, she too. She just turned 30. She's accomplished so much, you guys. We are sitting down with author Anna Todd, New York Times bestselling author Anna Todd. You guys might know her, I don't know, from that like huge phenomenon after it, the movie just came out this year, uh, she wrote the book. Anna started in the fan fiction world, writing on a platform called Wattpad, and has now become, um, I don't know, a pretty big deal, guys. Yeah, she has over 300 million reads on Wattpad. And from there, she landed a publishing deal with Simon & Schuster, and pretty much the rest is history. I don't know if you guys are Wattpad users or not, but she currently still uploads her work to Wattpad as well. And for anyone that's like, what is Wattpad? We're going to talk about it a little bit later on in the episode, mm-hmm. so don't worry. You'll get the whole play-by-play. One thing she talks about so much is how she, her she, her first love was books, and I love that so much. Her She read all the whole Goosebumps series and the Babysitter's Club. So, Candace, what were some of your favorite books growing up? I was a big fan of the Goosebumps series. I can't remember the exact name of it, um, but there, I remember vividly like the cover of the book had just a hand. It was like <laughs> the hand from the Adams family is what it looked like. Um, and the, but it was like a story about this like spooky hand and what it did. And I, and it would like play the piano in the middle of the night. And I remember being so freaked out at a young age, but like wanting to stay up. I actually read more when I was younger mm-hmm. than I did in my teen years. I kind of stopped reading, but I loved that. I loved the boxcar children. I loved Nancy Drew. The Nancy yeah? Drew series to this day is still one of my absolute favorites. I tried to collect every single book. I love mysteries too. And so that was like the first. And then I think as I grew up, I went into Agatha Christie, which is still the same vibe. Whoa. Very like all mysteries and figuring out life. I got really into historical books for a while. I remember just studying World War II and then hearing about it from my grandparents' perspective. And so there was a period of time where I was really um, fascinated by stories of survivors of the Holocaust. There was one book that I read over and over again, and it was about a young girl. And it's true. It's a um, biography, autobiography. And she. it's called, I Have Lived a Thousand Years Growing Up in the Holocaust. And I remember I just was so in love with this book. And I was also in love with Oprah at the time. My mom and I would watch Oprah every single day. And I knew she had this like big fancy book club. So I wrote a letter to Oprah without like telling anyone and was just like, you really need to read this book. I've lived a thousand years growing up in the Holocaust. It will change your life. And one day my mom was like, hey, Candace, can you come down here for a minute? And she was like, we just got a letter back from Oprah. (laughs) Did you recommend a book for her book club? And mind you, I don't know if this was an actual letter from Oprah, but I totally got like a letter back from the company. Even if it was like, just a mass letter that they send to people who send recommendations, it's still really And cool. we have it somewhere at the house. My mom's like, oh yeah, no, that happened. You didn't make that up. I'm like, are you sure, mom? Because this sounds like something I might have made up just to make myself feel good. Wow. But no, yeah. I And then I just stopped reading because I just didn't like it anymore after like once the teen years hit I just was like oh no reading's not cool did you always read when you were a teenager or did you stop reading books after a while I've always been an avid reader still to this day I love to read and that's one thing I loved about having Anna on is she sent us her books and we were able to sit and read her books um granted we didn't have that much time so a lot of it I I listened to on audible but um her new book that's coming out, Spring Girls, I guess it's already out, is so fantastic. And it's a remake of Little Women. And we'll get into it with her. But um, yeah, as from one reader to another, I'm a huge fan of her. So it was so fun to talk to her today. What's your favorite book, Kayla? Absolute favorite book. 
I mean, that's such a hard question. Instantly in my head, good night moon comes into play. But I think I've been doing a lot of like nursery um, stuff. So maybe that's why. (laughs) Do you have a favorite book? (laughs) Yes. Um, My favorite book, which I haven't reread in a while, is called Still Life with Woodpecker Mm. um, by Tom Robbins. And I love that book. I just like the way that Tom Robbins writes. Uh, There's a cadence to the way he puts words next to each other that Mm -hmm. it's almost just as fun to read out loud in a way because the words kind of just like dance around in your mouth. Um, I just love him. I have a big old crush, literary crush on him. And I actually went and saw him one year for my birthday when he was promoting Bees for Beer. Uh, It's an adult children's book. (laughs) I'll get you one for the baby shower. (laughs) And uh, I was just so excited to meet him and see him in person because the book that I, um, Still Life with Woodpecker, he, he typed it out on a on a, uh, on a, um, typewriter, typewriter. Thank you. <laughs> um, but he typed it out on a typewriter and he, it plays into the book and, and the way that he interweaves like certain crazy topics into one story is really fun. So I really recommend that, but it's hard. I haven't, it's hard to sit down and read sometimes mm. with like the chaos of family and, and stuff. I want to get better at it. That's something that I want to definitely get better at. And I feel way more inspired to do that after sitting down with Anna Todd today. Yes, you guys, our interview with her is phenomenal. So let's just get right to it. Without further ado, here we are with Anna Todd. And we are here with Anna Todd. We are so excited that you Thank came you. today. Thanks for having me. <laughs> we are ready to jump right in. Okay, so let's start just a little kind of overview of the beginning and correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I understand, you never really set out to be an author. You are and were a loud and proud fangirl. Yes. Like very passionate fangirl who followed fan fiction from Instagram all the way to a writing platform called Wattpad. Yes. And then the only social media platform you'd had before that was a page dedicated to One Direction. Yep. (laughs) Okay. That I just changed the username to like two months ago. Wow. Okay. And you were mostly reading on Wattpad, Harry Styles and One Direction fan fiction. Yep. Until (laughs) you felt that there was something missing from this world. There was a gap. Yes. And that's when you had a calling to start writing your own fan fiction. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, So tell us about this gap because you kind of started a whole new genre, essentially. You There was an age gap for a lot of readers yeah. out there. That's the thing, because I either like young adult literature, so like, you know, 13, 16, or just adult, and there's nothing in between. If they were 18, the characters, they were acting like they were 35. It's kind of like, I don't want to say the author, but there's this author who I love his books, but all of the characters who are supposed to be teenagers are like, they just speak like grown people and they have like these perfect friends and this perfect life. And sometimes their parents make like one mistake, but then they're like perfect and everything about them. They're so smart and they make all the right choices and they're nerdy, but cool nerdy. And the girl's never pretty, but she, everybody's in love with her. So it's like this same old kind of story. And then with adult literature or anything with erotic tones or just straight up erotica is like, they're talking about mortgages and <laughs> stuff. So I'm like, where the is the really middle? sexy stuff? Yes. I'm like, what <laughs> is the middle of like these, like 18 is such a crazy time. It's like every little thing is so important and so emotional. And there was this huge gap in books that I just could not find. It's called like new adult now, but at the time it was either YA or just straight up like erotica. And do you feel 
pretty badass considering you're a part of this new adult movement. <laughs> yes, you definitely. Should. And especially meeting the readers. It's like such a different thing where in the author world, if I go to a romance convention, I'm like the baby and everyone's like, oh, you're so cute. You write little like One Direction books. Um, but then when I meet like 16, 17 year old girls who are like reading entire novels for the first time in their lives and are writing because of it or reading other people's books or even just reading on Instagram or Wattpad, um, it's amazing to have some kind of like part of that. All. For our listeners who don't know what Wattpad is, will you explain it? Yeah. So it's like one of the only magical places on the internet left. <laughs> um, it's a writing place where you can read and write for free. So my favorite thing about it is just that everyone, mostly there are some people now that write to try to be published, which is also cool, but there's a huge amount of people that just write for fun, which when you're going in a bookstore for me as a reader is hard to find, especially mm -hmm. now with romance. It's like a lot of the authors I know write like one book a month and it's like a product, which is the part that I miss of being a reader where like it was so like glamorous and mysterious and they were just writing because they felt like it, but it's not really the way it is now. So on Wattpad, it's just for fun. Like the only reason they're writing is passion mostly, and you can feel it. Um, and you can upload stories or poetry or blogs or anything. And they have, I want to say like over 150 million users now. Um, when I started, it was a lot smaller and the technology was like insane. Now when I get online, I'm barely even know how to use Wattpad anymore because <laughs> it's like so fast and developed now. But it was just this platform that has millions and millions and millions of stories. What I love so much about you is when you first started writing, you would warn your readers that you might have typos because, yes. <laughs> because you were writing on Wattpad, on yes. your iPhone, whenever you wanted. Yeah. Yes. On your iPhone. Yeah. It's so weird when I think back of when I was writing, like I literally remember pushing the like shopping cart with my elbows and my son was in the front of it and just like typing. And I'm like, I had no idea when I was writing it, I wasn't even thinking of it as like a story or a book or a novel or a film or any of these things. It was just like, what are they doing in this chapter? And it was, that was like all I did with my free time. That's so cool. You were, how old were you when you started writing? I was 23. 23. Yeah. And you were living in Texas. Yeah. In Austin. Uh, outside of Austin at Fort Hood. We always say Austin because it's the biggest city next to the army base, mm -hmm. but it's really like an hour away. And you had a son. Yeah. How old was he? He was so seven years. He was like almost two. Oh my. And your husband was deployed at this time? He or? was in and out of the field. So he wasn't technically deployed, but he had just gotten back from Iraq for the third time. And our son has um, epilepsy and this genetic condition called tuberous sclerosis. So we were just figuring that out on top of like me being a mom, which was totally new to me. And my son was having like 20 to 50 seizures a day. Oh so it was just like all day. And then my husband, even though he was home, whenever people are like, oh, he was deployed. I'm like, basically, because literally when they're home, they're not home because they want to make us pay our taxes for something. So they keep them busy and send them to the field for three weeks and then send them to Louisiana and then have them camp in the woods for no reason. Oh, so wow. he was never really home. And even when he was home, he would have to leave the house at like four in the morning to go to PT. So it was basically just like me and my baby just hanging out all day while I was reading fan fiction. I mean, talk about new adult. You're so <laughs> <Yeah>. young. <laughs> Seriously. Taking on so many adult things at once. Yeah. Um, no wonder you just felt such an ease at like this beautiful opportunity to kind of dive into a fantastical world. Did yeah. you feel like it was a big outlet for you personally, Absolutely. considering everything you were going through that at that time? Yeah. I mean, even with reading, even if I was reading 
a story about vampires or whatever. It was like my friends were in books and my Mm -hmm. friends were, I didn't have a lot of army wife friends. I was kind of too young. There were a lot of young ones, but they were like partying and going out every weekend. So I was too old to hang out with them, but then too young to hang out with the moms who had three or four kids who didn't really want to hang out with a 20 something year old. So it was this weird place where never really found a community or anything until Wattpad and the romance world. So it was like definitely an escape and an outlet. And I don't know, it's weird thinking about how I was thinking about it then because I had no freaking idea what was going to come. I think that's why it ended up being so successful. You just were doing it out of love. I think so. Like people are like, how do I become successful on Wattpad? And I'm like, your first thing to be a writer, it's like you never, the chances of being successful, honestly, are not that big. When I was a reader, I thought everybody that writes books is multimillionaire and they get to do whatever they want and they just publish their books and get huge advances and so fun and easy. Totally not the case. (laughs) Um, I know so many women who are making millions of dollars and like being, I don't know if I can cuss, but being like badasses. And then there's some that are like on their 20th book and can't pay their bills with it. So I think it was just the passion and the fact that I just like poured every minute of my day that wasn't on my son into it. So you go from Wattpad to actually becoming a published author. And what was that transition like? Because I read an uh, article that you had to then kind of have more of a plot structure, right? Writing a full on Mm -hmm. novel. Talk to us about that. Yeah. So in fan fiction world, it's a totally different kind of, I wouldn't even say structure, but technically structure. It's serialized writing. Yeah. And you read and write about like what they did at the grocery store. Like literally there's full blown chapters of the grocery store. So it's like cute stuff where if you're a reader, you want to read it, but in the structure of a book, it doesn't matter. It doesn't propel the story in any way. So when we were editing, there were these little moments like that, that I knew that the fans from Wattpad really loved And I'm like, they reread it and reread it. But then when you're actually structuring a book, it's like you have to delete so much. And because Simon & Schuster, when they bought the book, of course, they, I love my editor from there. I still work with him, but he definitely bought it just because of the success online. So they didn't even know how long it was. So I did a three book deal event, like in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then when we went to actually, they were like, oh, can you send us the book? And first of all, I didn't even have it saved anywhere, which is so crazy. Now I like get like itchy thinking about it. That just got, it. gave me so much anxiety. <laughs> yeah, I only had it on Wattpad. Like that was it. If Wattpad would have crashed or someone would have hacked my account or if I got mad and deleted it one day, like it literally just would have been gone. And I didn't even have Microsoft Word. Like I remember the day being like, I can afford to buy Microsoft Word. Oh, That's wow. like a hundred dollars. I'm like, holy crap, it's expensive. So it took me forever to even have that. And then when we downloaded the book, finally, um, luckily, I'm like sweating. Um, <laughs> it was over a million words. And the publisher was like, uh, we need to have more books then because we can't physically publish. Like the third book is literally 890 pages, which is like three books. So they were like, we didn't even know how long this was. And I didn't either. I had no idea how long a book was supposed to be or anything. Like I had no idea. So the structure was a strange thing for me when we were editing, but there were a lot of things that luckily somehow kind of fell into place, even without me knowing that I was doing it, I was doing it right somehow. What I love is that you still continued to use Wattpad all these years later and and through your successes. Uh, were you engaging with your fans on Wattpad during this time when you were editing the book or not so much? You knew this is something that you needed to do on your own with the publishing house. Yeah, I was still engaging with them a lot, mostly just to kind of prepare them mm-hmm. um, because they were, one, just so excited. And then there was like a lot of, at that time specifically when it got announced, it was like all of the Harry Styles fans loved me and then suddenly they all hated me the next day. 
Um, they loved it and they were the reason why it became successful Wattpad. But then like once I wasn't one of them anymore and they found out I was like older than them and all this stuff, they all like just went for me on the internet for a little bit. So did I you was, feel like a member of One Direction at that point? Did yeah, you feel but like not you in could a good relate? way. Yeah, not not in, a, in a good way. Which one left? Was it Zane? Was Zane. Zane? Yeah. I was the Zane <laughs> that day. Zane? I was like, I remember me calling my publisher and be, totally freaking out and being like, if you guys want to cancel my contract, you can. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, the One Direction fans hate me now. I don't know who's going to buy the book. And they were like, what are you talking about? Like, And that's when I first learned like any publicity is good publicity because they were so like happy. I'm like, okay, I guess it's cool. Um, that was a weird time, but I was engaging with them, but it was mostly them just like fighting other One Direction fans. It was the fandom is a weird place. It's, it is. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. You guys know it's a weird place. Oh yes. I have so much respect for it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes I'm just like, whoa. Yeah. I still yeah. love to tell a story every once in a while of my husband and I had kind of a, when we first started dating, we were at a dinner one night and he was like, Hey, I don't know if this is weird to bring up, but like, what is with all these weird like bathtub shots with you and Joseph Morgan. Like I just didn't realize <laughs> that you guys did so many like sexy photo shoots together. And it's, I keep getting tagged in these pictures and I was like, no, those are not <laughs> yeah. us. Those are our faces yes. imposed on yes. other people's bodies. Yes. There's been so many times, like even with me, with Hero and Joe, there'll be a picture and I know that it's not real, but it'll like catch me for a second and be like, wait, what? Um, and then I'm like, whose body is that? Yeah. Um, it's so funny the way yeah. And even since the movie, like the fan base is just kind of like dialed up. So speaking of the movie, you ba- so after is a five part book series, correct? Yes. Technically seven, but five like Hardin and Tessa books and then, and then two, two Landon, Landon books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so before the first book was even published, you got a movie or you, uh, you basically got a movie deal. Correct? Yeah. At the time, I thought if you get an option, it's like the next day someone's going to call you and they're going to write the script and then you're going to cast and the movie will be done in like a month. Um, no idea that half of the authors I knew also had options mm-hmm. and everybody was waiting to get their movie made. But they kept bringing me in for these meetings. And the more meetings I went, the weirder the story would get. And the more they would bring in like a writer who would be like, you know, there was one, I'm not going to say her name, but she looked me straight in the face and was like, I feel like Hardin should be a DJ. And I was like, like a disc like, jockey? Yeah. And I'm like, huh? And she's like, yeah, it's just like, as a music vibe because Tessa needs a hobby besides like reading because she needs to be cool. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, cool. Changing the, the plot yeah, completely. Like, and, and the characters. DJ, yeah. I'm like, t- like, it's just so weird. So I just was like, that's a horrible idea. Yeah. Um, and then eventually I realized they had a couple of John Green books that they hadn't made yet. And I was like, yeah, if John Green's not getting made, I'm definitely not getting made. So how did it get made? Tell us the story. So then Jennifer Gibcott, who is the producer who's been attached since day one, she's like a romance fanatic, has made, like, She's All That, The Last Song, a bunch of iconic movies that I grew up loving. Yeah. Um, she was just not, she does not take no for an answer. Like, in the best and worst ways, love you. But she is like, you want her on your side. Um, she basically just bothered and pestered and harassed until they eventually were like, okay, fine. Um, there was an executive there that loved the story. She just couldn't get the people, the men mostly above her to Behind make it. Him. So she was like, I just want the movie made. Like just, you, we had to make it an indie film, which I wanted at that point anyway, because I didn't want to deal with another studio that was like, oh, Harden should be a DJ. Yeah. And Tessa's not cool because she reads. That was strange. So then Jennifer kept fighting, fighting. They finally gave it back. Um, and then, of course, we had to pay for it and blah, blah, blah. But that's the behind-the-scenes stuff. So the production company we went to after, um, Jennifer knew someone who 
knew someone who worked there and they got the funding so quick. It literally went from me waiting for years to someone being like, oh, it's December and in July we're going to start filming. And I was like, holy moly. Um, And we hired a director, Jenny Gage, and then we just moved so quick for casting, which was such a process. It was like fandom Hunger Games kind of. (laughs) And it was like I knew because the fans in their head, they had an idea of someone else that was fan cast. Um, His name's Daniel Sharman. And he was like fan cast for the role, but they were all using pictures from like Teen Wolf and stuff, you know, seven years later for a 19-year-old character where... It was just this thing where I knew I was going to get like just backlash. Yeah. And I got it so much, but it was worth it because now they all understand. But I knew every day, like going in, I'm like, well, if it's not Daniel, I'm going to get in like trouble Mm -hmm. with them. Um, And they, we brought in pretty much everyone that was fan cast though, to at least have them audition. Daniel did audition. He's extremely talented, but just not the right age for the character, honestly. Um, and I mean, he's like 13 years older or something than the character. So it just didn't work in the timeline, but it took a minute for them to get that. But we went through casting, managed to find the perfect Harden and they all love me now. So it's fine. And you got to stay in as an executive producer on the movie. Yeah. So you were part of all of the, a lot of the decision-making. So much of it where I, this was another good thing about having an indie film because there were so many things we had like our director, for example, hadn't made a feature before. So she luckily didn't know all the things to do. So I got to kind of learn with her as like, oh, we have to do these tattoos. And the tattoos were like, <laughs> I don't know why I had to have every single person in the book have all these intricate tattoos. <laughs> because when we got to Atlanta, there was no preparation for them whatsoever. So it was like, how many tattoos can we stick on Hero's body without looking weird? Mm-hmm. Um which we still kind of fail, but we got it for the second one. We'll get it down. Um, but I learned so many things, like technical things. I got to write like over half of the movie. It was just such an amazing experience being so close with the cast and really learning how to make it. And it uh, made over $50 million at the international box office and is the highest grossing independent film of 2019 so far. Yeah, it's kind of uh, crazy. That's yeah. pretty epic. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy saying it out loud. I was just hoping like, can we just break even? Like that's all I want is break even. Yeah. So then like my fan base will be happy and we can have another movie for them. Um, I'm sure I'm going to ask this because I'm sure everyone listening wants to know, will there be another movie? Yes, actually. Nice. Um, we announced, oh, feels like three weeks ago, but literally it was probably last week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it was literally a week ago. We have a director, but we're announcing them in a few days. Awesome. Okay, I want to ask a little bit about after. Um, yes. And just obviously there so many fans so many fans. And you've also had to deal with your fair share of critics too. Yeah. Um, a lot of people have criticized this idea of romanticizing a an emotionally abusive relationship or this whole idea of like, it has to be this young virginal woman with this like bad boy who like wraps her up and then pushes her away and then wraps her up and pushes her away and only makes her feel loved in like her weaker moments. Um, I'm sure you've had this question asked so many times and I know you've had to deal with it so many times, but now that you're on the other side of it and older, like has your view of that changed or do you still feel like, yeah, this is just fun writing and like, you don't want everyone to be happy and perfect. I know that's something that you've talked about. Yeah. I think it's a mix of two things. There are things where when we were making the movie, I'm like, when I would go back and read them, I'm like, Oh my God, like, why did I write that? Um, but it was also a reflection of what I was reading. It's like in romance there, now there's a way bigger 
kind of I'm trying to think of how to say it without like insulting the other side. Cause I love all of it, but um, there's more plot driven, more like women driven stories that are still romantic and the guy can still be a bad boy or whatever it is, but the decisions are made differently. And for me, I think I would, it's a weird thing because I wouldn't change things necessarily, but there are some dialogue that from the Wattpad version, I was like, delete when we were publishing, um, where it just went too far. But there is a bigger kind of discussion here of like with romance, do we want it to be every person has their shit together, every person? Because when I sometimes when I read a book, it can be so well-written and the character is so identifiable and you're she's so strong and you love her and she's making all these right choices, but then you just feel like, there's no development and there's no, even if it's not romance, but for me, there are times where if I would have known that 15 year old girl would be reading, um, a guy taking someone's virginity for a bet, I would be like, why are they doing this? Why would they write that? I can't believe this, but I'm the same person that loves like vampire. Well, no offense. No, <laughs> that's what we're going to we talk were, about next. We were going to so parlay like, that into, and she's yeah. all that. Which yeah, then, yeah. She's all that. And even like, I mean, Pride and Prejudice is a softer version, but Wuthering Heights and, all of these movies, yes, it's like the same kind of story told again and again. And for me, there was a point where I literally, I remember thinking, how can he be, like, how can I make this character so unlikable, especially with him? Because when I was writing it, I don't know if it was because the name on Wattpad was Harry or what, but no matter what he did, the girls were still always mad at Tessa. Like, no matter what, (laughs) like, no matter what he did, it was like, she's being emotional. She's doing this, which granted, she's not innocent by any means, but it's like, no but matter that's what. that's interesting. Yeah, it was like, oh, they're always just mad at her and she doesn't deserve him. And I'm like, if this was your sister, if it was my sister, I would be like, what are you doing? Break up with him. Like, if he was a real person, he would need years of therapy, which I did in the books and then got backlash again. So it's like, you can't do anything the right way. But there is this thing about, like with Damon, for example, from Vampire Diaries, is like one of my favorite characters ever, even still. Um, but... I'm like, I remember once just because it's kind of funny. Well, I think it is at least. <laughs> um, I was getting like just like tweet after tweet from this account. And she kept saying about how Hardin and Tessa were so emotionally abusive and Hardin was this and this and this. And then I looked at her um, profile and it was like Delena hmm. Lover, whatever, 22, something like this. And I was like, wait, so how can you? And this is one of the very few times that I engaged. I think I ended up deleting them. If not, then their tweets are still there. But <laughs> I think I deleted them because I was like, why did I do that to myself? Um, and I was like, well, you're, I, it's kind of funny that you think that when Damon is literally like a psycho, like I love him, but he's like literally killed her brother without knowing the freaking ring was on. Like, he's like always literally eating people like, hello. Well, and we discussed even how the vampires on the show would delete the female's mind yes. so that they wouldn't remember what happened. Yes. So mean, they wouldn't remember having sex. With yes. Them. Yeah. yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Which we've so, all talked about yeah. in recent things where literally mm-hmm. we're all at a dinner a few weeks ago and we were like, Whoa, how times have changed. Yeah. But that also had like that fantastical backdrop and which runs through in fan fiction. Yeah, and when she told me, the girl, when I confronted her and said, well, you love Delena so much. Like, how are you defending Damon if you hate Harden? And she told me that because Damon wasn't real. And then I was like, wait, what? Is it because he's a vampire? Is it because this was based on hairstyles? Like, there's no way to know exactly what made her think that Harden was real because she was saying like Harden, not Harry Styles. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, it was just weird how she immediately was like, well, Damon's not real. And Vampires like, add a fantastical element to it that for some reason I think minds can give a little bit more uh, leeway in that. Yeah. And it's this weird thing where where do we tell women what they can read? Because like I have friends who write 
I guess not friends, but like people I know who I admire that write stories where they're like, in real life, they're like a mom and a hardworking businesswoman. And then their stories are like, somebody's getting kidnapped and they fall in love with their kidnapper and all this stuff where I'm like, it's part of me is like, oh, that's so wrong for people, women to read and how dare we influence their minds. But then that's their half of me is like, some people, especially with the way I grew up and I know a lot of people have been through a lot of stuff. So it's like, sometimes I'm bored reading about perfect women who make perfect choices. Doesn't mean I want Damon Salvatore to be in every book, but mm-hmm. we need some kind of balance. balance. And it's always the people, for me, it's always either people who've never read the series where they say, Arden is so abusive and he did this and this and this. And then I'm like, well, if these were real people and you were really studying them and Hardin ends up literally in therapy and they spend years broken up, but no one ever talks about that part. They just talk about like, oh, they fought for three books. And it's like, and it's you, not that you get away with things when you're younger, but there is, there is this, but it's true. Like when you're younger, you don't know as much and you haven't, yeah. you know, until someone's like, no, that's not how you treat someone. You're kind yes. of emerging out into the world with whatever you've been taught back at home. Exactly. And what we've been exposed to. Most of the stories we grew up watching on TV or reading did have that element. So it makes sense. Yeah. Trace and I, my friend, we always, well, you're guys' friend too, but we always talk about- We know and love Trace. He's here hanging out today. (laughs) Music is like, I remember just like singing Usher in my bedroom when I was like 12, talking about him like having sex with women and having babies and all this stuff. And I'm like, it wasn't really registering in my head what I was listening to or reading or all the movies, all the books. Like whenever people say after is so intense or that I'm like, I have a list of books for you to read (laughs) if you think after is intense. So I love the question of what would I do differently or because I don't know. And I feel like every year it will change a little bit. But now when I'm writing, there's a difference in my books now that I know what my audience is. Do you feel a responsibility or are you just kind of like, you know what, this is actually my creative process and I want a place for people to be able to escape into a book and know that this is a fantastical world in itself, even if there aren't werewolves and vampires and witches running around? I mean, honestly, I always say like, no, I don't, I don't have responsibility because of that. But then I do like as much as when I'm trying to write, which it limits me a lot. Like right now I'm on a horrible deadline in like eight days of my book. It's a separate series called The Brightest Stars and it's Mm -hmm. a sequel. And it's an interracial relationship with a female um, who's a massage therapist and a guy who has extreme PTSD and it's set in Atlanta. And it's been really hard to not overthink everything because once I write something from his point of view and I have my husband's African-American, my family, well, his family, my family, my son. Um, So it's a weird thing where it's like, if I'm writing a black man's mind, how can I do that without being ignorant, honestly, or without, even with my own husband's experiences, when I'm trying to talk to him about it, he's like, well, I grew up around, uh, we've been friends like our whole lives basically. So he was like the black friend. So he's like, my experiences, even when you're trying to get advice from me are different than the character who grew up in around all African-American people and friends and family and every little thing I overthink of, like if it's being too political, if I'm bashing Donald Trump, which I happen to do a lot in real life and in the book, (laughs) but then it's like, I don't want to alienate people. And it's about the army kind of lifestyle. So then I don't want to alienate the women reading it because I was an army wife and I know that it's like an impossible hard life, but it's also the realistic parts of like a character with PTSD and the fact that my husband went to war three times and is 31 and has like the knees of a 70 year old man. So it's these things that are so negative, but then 
when I think of with after, I'm like, well, I got it. I got so much backlash that I feel like now it's like, what can you actually say to me? Because I've heard it all. Your book, The Brightest Stars, that's the self-published one, right? Yeah. And is that more your own story? The one that's closest to who you are? Because it is an interracial couple. it, it, It does take place on an army base. Is that a different sort of outlet for you? Yeah, it is. It's not necessarily like personality wise or anything like that. Like both of them are very different than me and my husband, but it's just a lot of people I've met and their experiences. Like pretty much everyone in the book is someone um, who I've changed their name so they can't sue me. Um, <laughs> it's someone that I've met or know or someone like an experience. Um, with Kale, his PTSD manifests in different ways than my husband. So that has been harder, I think, to write than I thought. Like, I usually go in kind of like bubbly. And then with this book, it's just such a darker mm-hmm. thing. And I feel like I'm always so, or was at least until like a week ago, so worried about stepping on these landmines or having this responsibility of, do I want that 15-year-old girl in Spain to read about a guy who just killed innocent people and regrets it for the rest of his life? So it's like this weird thing as a writer. I feel like no matter what I write, there's going to be some kind of criticism. So, well, especially, I mean, look at even like Game of Thrones, like people are petitioning for that series. It's like everyone, on one hand, it's like you want that fandom to have a voice. Like, and and that's what's so cool, I think, about about Wattpad is that you can post a chapter and people can give you kind of their critiques and constructive criticisms and but that's how the world works now I mean it's like you have an episode of television and everyone will have an opinion of it and a recap of it (laughs) and give you like play by play 30 seconds 30 seconds and even films and and books and so it is such a different collaborative time that we're living Mm. in do you like that or or do you feel like it does kind of Yeah. I mean, I think it's the only way I know. So I like it more than if I'm sitting alone and writing, like with the Spring Girls was the hardest book I've ever written because I didn't write it on Wattpad. And it's harder now because I have 40 something publishers. And when I self-published, I was like, oh, I can do whatever I want. And then I was like, oh, wait, I have 40 publishers. I can't exactly do whatever I want. Um, And it felt like I was just like drawing it out of me because it felt so isolated. And I'm not an isolated kind of writer it doesn't do good for me. I like having that immediate feedback, even if it is like, hey, there's a typo there, or I hate this chapter. It's the worst thing in my life. Like the amount of whenever Harden and Tessa would fight or break up, which is like every other chapter, basically, <laughs> I would get people like, I'm never reading this again. And then two minutes later, they would, I'm so sorry I said that. And I'm like, <laughs> I didn't actually read that. But okay. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible Resistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's time to get more in 2024. I know for me, one of my goals is to feel really strong this year. And honestly, so far, so good. Because that's where 310 Nutrition comes in. It's helping me and our listeners in the new year with protein and super rich food products with so many options and flavors. Right now, I have the chocolate bliss and caramel sundae, and they are both so (laughs) delicious. I have to hide them from my husband so that he doesn't steal them too. They're a triplex protein blend, plant-based proteins that include pea, brown rice, and pumpkin that leave me feeling full. 310 Nutrition also has a hydrate electrolyte drink mix. My favorite is the peach mango flavor. So not only am I hydrating and drinking water, I have an electrolyte blend, vitamin blend, and it's sugar-free. With one stick of hydrate mix into 16 ounces of water, and it can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water. Thank you. This way I can keep my resolution, keep feeling strong, have greater focus, feel refreshed, and maintain my hydration without having to drink as much. One of my favorite refreshing water enhancers they have is the lemonade flavor. It gives me energy. This one's also sugar-free. It's used with real lemons and it's pH balanced. And this also offers the same hydration as two to three bottles of water. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code CHALLENGED and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products that you know you'll use and will help you keep your resolution. So go to 310nutrition.com and use the code CHALLENGED right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310-nutrition.com and use code CHALLENGED. It's all the good stuff your body needs in flavors you crave. So be healthier effortlessly. Kendra Scott has the jewelry you've been searching for with high style quality gifts at an affordable price, like a personal charm necklace or a pair of on-trend earrings, a classic pendant, or something customized just for you. Kendra Scott has it all, and they even have a great selection of gifts under $100. Need help? Visit your local Kendra Scott store, and their friendly staff will work with you to pick out the perfect gift to suit your style. Shopping online? They have free shipping and free returns, and... 
free gift wrapping. I was so excited to get my Kendra Scott earrings in. I got two pair for the summer. I have this super cute gold pair with like a hexagon design. And then I have some with like this white pearl. I cannot wait to wear them all summer long. Use code directionally for 20% off your purchase at any full price fashion jewelry at KendraScott.com or mention code directionally in any Kendra Scott store. That's code directionally at KendraScott.com for 20% off your purchase. Valid until July 10th. Own iconic luxury items at unreal values with The Real Real, the leading reseller of authenticated luxury from top designers. Shop from designers like Louis Vuitton, Gucci, Rolex, Cartier, and hundreds of more at up to 90% off retail. New arrivals come in daily, and every single item is authenticated by The Real Real's team of experts. In fact, The Real Real employs over 100 brand authenticators, gemologists, horologists, and art curators from around the globe who inspect thousands of items each day to ensure that every item is 100% authentic. Shop and consign women's and men's luxury fashion, as well as fine jewelry, watches, art, and home. Shop online or visit one of their original stores in Soho or West Hollywood, or their newest location at 870 Madison. Avenue in New York. You can also visit one of their luxury consignment offices in Chicago, Dallas, Miami, San Francisco, or Washington, D.C. New in-store customers receive an automatic $25 off at checkout. That's insane. So you get $25 off, and then also on top of that, these things are 90% off? Yes, just for being a new customer. When I went to the WeHo store, it was just so beautiful, and it was so fun to shop because it's it's gorgeous items. The Real Real elevates the whole shopping experience when you're shopping at discounted prices. Shop in-store online or download the app and get 20% off select items with the promo code REAL. That's therealreal.com, promo code REAL for 20% off select items. And we're back. Did you self-publish the, or the Spring Girls? No, I, that was my last book with Simon & Schuster. Speaking um, of Spring Girls, I, I, for our listeners, it's a modern-day retelling of Little Women. And I want to read your foreword because I think it's one of the best parts of the book. And oh, I you. think our podcast is kind of correlates with it in the same mentality. So it says to all the little women out there who are trying to figure out just what it means to be a woman, I'm here for you. And so are many of your sisters. Can you yeah. talk to us about that? Yeah. So, I mean, it's such a long thing. I'm like, where do I start and how do I do it in 30 seconds? Um, <laughs> We've got much longer than yeah. 30 seconds. You're it's all good. It's been such a weird thing in my life going from having no, I mean, not that I didn't have any friends, but I had like soldier friends and their wives who like every other year would be divorced and then they'd have a new one or they would break up or one mm-hmm. would deploy or they'd get stationed here. So I never really had a stable group of anyone, let alone women around me. Um, my mom is not the best example. I love her, but she, I never really had anyone that I was like, oh, that's what woman is. And the one or two people I did, it was like my mammal who love her, but she never worked. She was a very much like her every, even now she'll still say to me like, you know, if you keep traveling, it's going to be really hard on Jordan and Asher. And well, and I'm like, ma'am, I'm good. <laughs> like even on the, I went to on the Today Show. We always laugh at this because I was on the Today Show, which is like, I'm from a tiny little town in Ohio. It's a pretty big deal. It's a huge deal no matter what. So my mammal is like, I'm on it for like, you know, five minutes and they're asking other people's book recommendations. And my mammal immediately after was like, which is my grandma, by the way, it's like an Ohio country thing. I don't know where it came from. But she was like, oh, man, you know, they flew you all the way out there and you barely got the talk. I'm like, who else do you know that's on the Today Show or any show ever where she'll say things like, you know, maybe when the movie comes out, you'll finally be known here. I'm like, 
I think I'm okay. <laughs> but it's just this funny thing of like with her. As it's in, like she's negging you. Always. Yeah. <laughs> and she doesn't even realize it. And she did that to my mom her whole life. So then my mom like, yeah. So there was no kind of women examples in my life. Um, when did you start feeling that sisterhood? After I published after and had like girls and women around the world that were like, oh, I've been through that. Or especially with the parents, there's never really any normal parents in my books. Um, which is just from my own experience. I don't even know how to write normal parents. Um, so I started getting just kind of testimonials, I guess, from women who would, or girls who would write me on Wattpad or Instagram or Twitter and say, you know, that time when Tessa has stretch marks and tries to cover her body and Harden says something to her. And they're like, I've never read this in a book. And there's so many times and after that I, and in the other books, but it was not intentional and after, where I would say something that would have, like the stretch marks or Tessa having acne or when one of the characters calls her like fat or something, all of these comments on the side mm. where people were like, I've never read this in a book. And then as I'm going through like catalog in my own head of all the books I love, the women are always it, this iconic kind of twilight thing where she's so normal and so not pretty, but yet she's Kristen Stewart. And but everybody loves her. Yes. Yeah. It's like every every show, every movie, every romance, it's like the girl is so normal and just like you, but also gorgeous and everyone loves her. Well, it is interesting because Tessa's mom in After is really hard on her and their yeah. relationship is difficult. So is that, did that stem from your relationship with your own mother? Kind of, but ironically, I'm more of Tessa's mom than, like it's kind of reverse. Like I'm more of my mom's mom where like I was always the one like, did you pay your rent? Did you do this? Did you pay entrance? Did you run out of gas? Like, oh, I'm bringing you gas again. So it was kind so you of- you were the adult in your mother-daughter yeah. relationship. So I think when I wrote Tessa's mom, it was more of like what I would imagine as a controlling, like good mom to me. Like, I remember getting so offended when people would be so mad at Tessa's mom and I'd be like, but she just wants the best for her. Mm -hmm. But really she did it in the wrong way, but you never know. That's but fascinating. How is your relationship with your parents now um, that your life's completely changed? Oh, um, my family cycle is always, there's always something. It's literally like a TV show. Like every week there's something. Um, my mom and I are probably the, in a weird way, the closest we've ever been, but we don't talk as much. And I've had to kind of distance myself from her a little bit because she is, she's kind of like the best, she has the best intentions, but makes all the wrong choices. Um, and she recently, we had this really weird conversation because I've done a couple interviews where we talk about like her addictions and these things. And she told me that her friend listened to an interview of mine from France or somewhere and said that our relationship was hard and that, you know, I didn't grow up the best. And my mom was like, she's always so surprised. Mm. But then I'm like, did you just forget my entire childhood? So, but then part of me, I never say that to her because part of me feels like I have to protect her and what she has created in her own head. So we go through times where I'll say like, well, you did this or this, or you like with my sister, for example, who we were talking about siblings and stuff is eight years younger than me and is so different than me and is kind of, I wouldn't say turning into my mom because it's not fair to say that about her. And I hope she listens to this and says, no, I'm not, I'm nothing like her. <laughs> um, but she is complicated. We have a complicated relationship. And with my mom, we go up and down to where like, I sometimes have to literally, if any of you have addicts in your family, you probably know, or are trying to learn how to distance yourself emotionally, because I spent my whole life, even as far as I can remember, trying to fix her and trying to, when is she going to stop drinking? When is she going to stop smoking this? When is she going to do that? 
But then she never did. And it would be like, she would quit smoking cigarettes a lot of times and it would be this huge thing. But then by the end of the week, she would be so mad and so like destructive because of that. Then I remember just being like, oh, I wish she would just smoke or I wish she would just be drunk or I wish she would this. So it's a weird self-destructive cycle. Yes. So much. And she creates her own realities. Um, And the mom and the brightest stars, Karina's mom, um, spoiler alert, comes into the second book. um, And she is basically my mom. Like she's a different version, but even with Tessa's dad was kind of like my mom. And then he, I can't say because it's spoiler, but yeah, we don't, I don't know what our relationship is. It's like back and forth. We try to, I try to have a relationship with her, but I try to just love her for who she is instead of trying to like, I wish she wasn't an addict. I wish because it's not doing anything for me. And especially as my son gets older, I'm like any attention or energy I'm putting into her is taking away from him, whether it just is, it is the way it is. So I try to focus on the funny parts of her and that she's funny and she is funny. You can all exist (laughs) with healthy healthy boundaries and and grow in your own way and yeah, be and a family, but also take care of your family because you have a family, yes. your direct family, your husband and your son. Too. Exactly. And it's such a, it's just a balance. And every day it's different and every month something else happens. And then it's funny giving kind of advice to young girls where I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing. Mm. Like, what are you doing with your mom? Maybe we can share tips. Like, it's a weird thing, but that was the first time when I had this like, group of girls to women around me that I was like, wait, I'm not that different. They're all, we all have stuff. So what, at what point did you decide like little women, I need to retell this story and modernize it? Well, I was thinking of what to write next after, after, and I was, I wanted it to be romance, but not just the same story, which is kind of hard to do because almost every book, even if it's not the same, published around that time was along the same lines as I feel like I always say the vampire diaries, but I, even if you guys weren't on it, I, it's the same thing. It's like the good girl, bad boy, he's destroying your life. And then the friends all have their own stories and then there's family and it's all kind of the same, even if the storylines are totally different. So I was like, what is something that can still have romance and still be cool and edgy and relatable to young people, but not the same old bad boy, good girl story. And I, was thinking of rewriting something because I love, obviously, love fan fiction. You also love lit- old literature, too, yes. because you bring up Wuthering Heights so often in yes. After as well. So makes sense. Yeah. And I'm like, I want to rewrite a classic. And then my publisher was like, well, what about Wuthering Heights? I'm like, well, I just did that kind of. Mm-hmm. So no, I didn't want to do any Wuthering Heights or Pride and Prejudice just because it's not the same as After, but the same. It would have the same tone. So I just was basically going through in my head of classic novels And I literally didn't think of Little Women at all. And then like two weeks later, I was just sitting in my office, like just doing whatever, not anything related to finding out what book I was going to write. And then I looked on my shelf and I was like, are you kidding me? Why didn't I think of Little Women? So then I'm like, this is perfect because it's the right age demo. I love to write young people. I don't want to write about mortgages yet, Mm -hmm. um, unless it's in the epilogue of a book. (laughs) Um, And it has sisters, which is something that is was fun for me to write and try to imagine what it would be like having this like little like pack of family members. Which is what you've never had growing up. So it makes exactly. sense. Exactly. Yes. And it was fun to write that in sad, but fun and relieving and therapeutic. Was, yes. And then it has some romance and it also has, I was kind of tipping my toes in the army kind of books because before I kept saying like, I never read 
any romance. I know a lot of people I know have amazing military romance books, but I can't read them. We don't watch any, like any army related movies. Not like it's just something that we you live it. Hell, you yeah, don't need to like, fantasize it's it. It's not something that I ever want to read. When I didn't think I would ever want to write it. And then when I started writing in the Spring Girls, I kept thinking of what ended up being in the brightest stars of this guy who didn't fit in the Spring Girls world, but he wouldn't get out of my head. So it's kind of an extension of Spring Girls, but not related whatsoever. And then I kept being like, do I want to write a military story? Really? Um, and then I did. Has <laughs> it been therapeutic to write a military story? Yeah, more than I thought. In the beginning, I was like, oh, this isn't so bad because it was just came so naturally. And then there were times um, in the second book, there's a scene, I won't say what it is because spoiler, but it's a really, really intense scene. And it's really the reality of the army, not even the army of just PTSD and what can happen to someone's mind when they just break. Um, and we knew someone, my husband and I knew someone that was like this, who just was one person and then another. And then so I wrote this one scene that was pretty much exactly like reality. But if you read it, you would never imagine that would ever happen to anyone that you know, or it's something you see in a movie. Um, and that scene was really hard. And I rewrote it over and over and over. And I kept trying to tone it down because I just kept imagining this like 15 year old girl in Spain reading this violent, um, intense scene. But when I was done with it, it was literally like, Oh, like it was something that clearly bothered me when I was younger. I was only 19 when it happened, but I never thought about it. Like, and if I would have, if you would have asked me a year ago, did that bother you when that thing happened to you? I would say, no, no, it was fine. I mean, it was really sad, but I didn't realize how much it actually like stuck in me until I was writing it. And I'm like, yeah, that was pretty traumatic. Um, and I probably should have not even seen someone, but done something even talked it through myself or my husband and I, we just literally pretend like it didn't happen. And it was like mm. somebody died. So I mean, you didn't know how to process like life's most intense yes, <laughs> situation exactly. at the age of 19 yes. yeah. until like 10 years later when I'm yeah. writing a book and I'm like, oh, this is way heavier than when I happened. It felt like, but it was like that, like with the army, when people didn't come back from Iraq, you're like literally a teenager and being like, oh, that's really sad. And everyone's sad. But then it's the next cycle. So then they deploy again. So it's a weird thing that can really make you cut off emotionally, which mm. is a really big problem with PTSD. What advice do you have for younger writers that are following in your footsteps that want to mm. become, I don't want to just say just Wattpad, but writers in general? I would say to make sure you're doing something different. That's the mm. thing is like this old wheel of publishing luckily is finally being broken and changing. Um, but when we walk in the bookstores, it's still mostly the same names. Um, don't try the, well, you can, but it's not, the only route is not getting an agent. Um, I know so many people are like, I've been querying for five years and I can't get an agent. And I'm and like, what is that? Cause I've heard. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, so querying, which I didn't know. I remember sitting at conferences and people were like, yeah, I'm querying. I'm like, oh, cool. I don't know what they're talking about. Google. <laughs> exactly. Um, it's basically when you write letters to agents trying to convince them to take you on, it's not even mailing your book to a publisher. It's like literally just trying to get an agent. And for me, because I came in kind of the back door of publishing, I couldn't for life of me figure out why someone would spend months trying to convince one person that they've never met to believe in them. And if they don't, then their world is over. And it's such a weird thing because with publishing, when you really are in it, you realize that it's one editor sitting in one little crammed office who maybe had a bad morning and they just don't like your book that day. Or maybe that one agent that 
it doesn't feel like publishing werewolves right now. They feel like publishing wizards or they want a real story or like a grounded story, which means just like not basically all humans <laughs> in the book. Um, so yeah, I would say don't try the traditional route because an agent doesn't mean you're going to be published. It doesn't mean you're going to be successful. It just means you have to write a paycheck to them for like years and years and you hope that they like your stuff. Um, I would say to use the internet, not just Wattpad, but there's archive of our own. There's like, um, I always forget the same of the other. Just website, explore all one. options available yes, to you. And every option. And if someone says no, then do you want them to be taking 15% of your money for the rest yeah. of your life? No. So don't act like you are in debt to anyone because if you're writing, then you're a writer. So you have to find a way to get your story told. And if I would have sent in after to Simon & Schuster, no way would they have published it. There's mm -hmm. no way. Even if there wasn't a million typos and Harry Styles' name, they still wouldn't have published it. So I would just say explore all options, like you said, and never take no for an answer. Because if I can do it, you can do it. Love. Okay, so if if the teen years are young adult and the 20s are now new adult, you just turned 30 not too long ago. Yes. Uh, what are the 30s then? What are we going to call that? Just adults? Oh, or? I, I feel like there has to be something in between. <laughs> yeah, like almost adult, adult-ish. Adult I like adult-ish. <laughs> yes, I'm so proud of being 32. I was like waiting. It was a whole Oh, you're thing. 32. No, what? like 30, 30 as well. As well. Oh, yes. I was like, wait, what did I just read no. then? It's like no. Wikipedia I like kept me. waiting. I'm like, when? Because in the book world, I, it's weird being the difference between if you, I don't know where either of you are from, honestly, but are you from LA or? I am. Yeah. Born and raised. Florida. So it's like a different thing when you're 30 in Ohio, you're like decrepit and your life is over and you're like, but then here I have friends who are like, you're 30. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, and you have an eight year old. Oh my God. You must've been a baby when you were pregnant. When, if I go to Ohio or talk to my friends in Ohio, they're like, when are you having another baby? Mm -hmm. And they're on like their third child. So life moves differently everywhere you are. But here I was like, when I am 30, people are really going to take me seriously. They're going to think I'm a grown up, and they're not going to be like the other authors that are my friends, but all of my friends are besides Trace are older than me. Um, and they all, it's always like, Oh, and I'm like, one of these days, it's not going to be all. And then I'm 30 and it's still, oh, you so, have accomplished so much at 30. I think when you've accomplished what you have at this young age, that should absolutely be celebrated. Thank you. It's true. Thank you. What's the biggest life lesson you're taking away from your 20s? Because this kind of this whole beginning chapter of after and after after um, has essentially been your 20s. What's the biggest lesson? Or like a fun lesson. It doesn't have to be the biggest. Just um, one that you like. One I like is that I can do whatever I want. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I literally, and with publishing especially, when I was leaving Simon Schuster, people were like, you're crazy for leaving a huge publisher. Um, and I'm like, well, what if the publisher isn't doing what they should be doing? Or what if I think I can do better? And so with, you've left Simon & Schuster. Mm -hmm. And where are you going? You're um, self-publishing now. I'm self-publishing now. Unless a publishing house comes around that will let me control all of my marketing and let me do all the social media promotion and let me run everything, then I probably won't sign with one. But if there is a publishing house that's ready to change the way it is, then I would be willing to listen. But it doesn't seem like I love it's... your self-empowerment. That's mm -hmm. amazing. 
Thank you. I have a fun little the fray question that I have to ask really quickly because you yeah. mentioned the fray. I know, and and you- I feel like any of my readers listening to this and the fact that we haven't talked about the fray, they're going to be <laughs> yes. so Okay, good. Here we go. Yes. <laughs> so it begins. Mm-hmm. Um, you bring up the fray so often in yeah. your books. And obviously we love the fray as well. Yes. Um, they're okay. I'm into them. <laughs> I dig them. What is, uh, why do you love them so much? And what's your favorite song? Oh, okay. So my favorite song is 100. Mm. Um, and I had this little MP3, it sounds so weird. I'm like, is that the right word? MP3 player, um, that plugged into my old Lumina and my dad, um, and I, I would always tell him like my favorite songs. So when over my head came out, I was like, I want to say like 16 or something. I was in high school. I, I was driving. Um, and I was just obsessed with the song, like completely obsessed. And then I didn't know really how, albums worked or anything. So I just was like, dad, are there more songs by this band? And none of my friends were really like knew who they were or anything. And so I would always be playing this one song and my friends were like, okay, we have to listen to something else. And I was like, well, guess what? My dad just got all these songs on the Simi 3 player, which now I'm telling myself or like listening to this. I mean, like I totally just stole their music um, <laughs> for like years. I did like, it was the time. I'm like, don't tell them, that's fine. Um, it would totally was the time. So I'm like, oh, cool. And free music. Um, I didn't even, I don't think I even realized people actually paid for music. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hey, LimeWire. I remember all that. I know. And oh, every yeah. virus and every time it would like shut down the computer. Or when you downloaded the song and it was like the radio version. Yes. So there's yes. like a commercial at the beginning and yes. you're like, God so damn it. Disappointed. Yes. Why Seriously. is this on my humps? Like, yes. And mixtapes. And like when I would tape from the radio, it'd be like pause. And then you have to put the tape yeah. in. What song of theirs is in after? In the movie or yeah. the book? In the movie is Look After You, which mm. is like the one that they kind of chose as the fan like song. Um, I remember when I met the Frey for the first time, um, I went to a concert and I, well, I went to their other concerts before that, like back when we would use like the little bit of money we had. And I remember we drove to Dallas once. I'm like, maybe we just don't tell any of them this story. <laughs> but um, we, my husband and I drove to Dallas and we, I had like, I think it's like pit where you're like, whatever the front is. I was like, we're going to be first. So we literally went like seven hours early because I was convinced that there would be like all these people waiting. And I was like, I have to be in the front. So it was like my first concert I'd ever been to. So we went and we waited alone for a couple hours. (laughs) Then people started coming. It was just so fun. And then I just went to a few more concerts and then I met them um, a couple years ago, but it was when after everybody started being like, always talking about the fray. And when I would go watch their music videos for myself, I would see like all of these people commenting about after. And I'm like, yes, I've done it. They <laughs> you remembered they you. Joe says hi. <laughs> Tell him I said hi. Yes, he's like, she's so sweet. Yeah. It's funny how the fray became like the band of after. Like it's like, it had to be in the movie. It had to be like, it's such a, it's like one of the top points. If you say, what is after about? Someone will always Mention the fray. It's an integral part of the book, so it makes sense. It's an integral yeah. part of the show Kayla and I were on. Yeah. Um, it closed out the pilot episode. So Did I? I don't yeah. think I realized that. Um, yeah, they oh, so their weird. song was Don't at Let the Me very Go. End. Yeah, Never Say Never was at the very end oh. of the pilot episode. I know, I always call it the same thing. <laughs> I, I've yeah. had to learn. Um, <laughs> and so that was kind of our song as a cast. Whenever it would come on, we'd like text each other. Like us girls would be like, it's on, like this is a good we song. We would leave voicemails so- of like, it's on the radio. And then just like listen, oh, play the so song. that's so funny. Yes. And then now you're married to one of the, I know, and I know. that's yeah. crazy. It's very, yeah. I always it's, like to say, I'm very grateful that I was a fan before we got married. Cause I've been to a lot of Frey concerts oh, yeah. and I still love them. That is so, oh my God. You know what? I, I went to one in Atlanta and I think you were there. 
Did I go on stage with a with a tray full of shots? No, sadly, no. <laughs> if you did, I didn't see that. I just remember someone saying that you were there, but oh, I don't even so know if funny. I saw you. But it is weird now that I'm like, wait a second. Yeah. It was a long time ago. Um, like and now after. you're in their home. Yeah, it's yeah. Weird. Like, life is weird. I know. Broke in the fangirl so system weird. for yeah. sure. <laughs> Love it. Okay, well, bringing it back to fangirl with our final question. Do you still have a crush on Harry Styles given his tattoo choices over the last decade? Well, I have some so get bad real about tattoo those. choices myself. So <laughs> I can't really say anything about the tattoos. And every time he got one, I remember being like, this is the best tattoo ever. <laughs> um, and then she yeah, just rolled her eyes. Yeah. <laughs> and when I was writing it, I would add tattoos on Harden that Harry would get. And then oh, when yeah. we were going back to like making the movie, they were like, what? He has a butterfly on his stomach? I'm like, it's a long story. Okay. Does he also have a third nipple? Allegedly, but I don't know. Everyone always says that, but it just looks like a freckle. Or like a mole. I think it's just like something that the girls wanted to be like, he has an extra nipple. Um, oh, that's the first time I've ever talked about that out loud. Um, at least like um, in a microphone. Um, so I have a different, it's weird. I have like a totally different view of Harry, especially because now it's like I literally, if I wouldn't have randomly liked one of their songs, my entire life would be different. Yeah. So now when people are like, do you want to meet him? I'm like, no, I just want him to like be happy and have a good life. And like, I don't, I never want to meet him. You, so you have way. never met him? No, I've been in like in the room with him, like out of like things like a music award thing, but I never would ever go like don't meet your heroes okay but yeah, same, I've, been, I've just been in a room with <laughs> like, him but there is something about him he's one of those people where he has that it factor and that spark and you just can't look away yeah it's a weird when people are like what did you like about him and I'm like I honestly don't even you can't put it into no. words and it wasn't even like I was like a girl who was oh I'm gonna marry Harry and it wasn't even that it was just like he's there's just something like magnetic about him. Even my husband was like, oh, I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mine too. My husband's like, well, okay. Like even when I told him, I remember being like, it's going to be this huge deal being like, I'm writing this book and it has like sex scenes and it's about Harry Styles. And he's like, oh, okay. I'm not surprised. And I'm like, oh, okay. You could have been a little bit surprised. That's a very chill attitude. <laughs> he was just like, okay. And has I'm he like, read the erotica that you've written and tried to replay it with you? Not really, no. He's like... <laughs> Nope. He will all like do stuff sometimes like just teasing him. Like we'll read parts of it and he's just like, nope. But <laughs> he's not surprised that I wrote Veronica though because he's known me like half my life. But it was, yeah, it's funny. I love it. Well, I think you are magnetic and thank I you. think you've got that it factor. Thank you. And thank you so much for coming yeah, all for the way here me. and joining us on the podcast. We're yes, so grateful. So excited. Thank you guys. Where can our listeners find you? Give us your socials, any One Direction fan sites you're still Not currently. anymore. <laughs> I've changed them all, or except for Wattpad. Wattpad is Imaginator 1D. Um, which is because fan fiction about One Direction used to be called Imagines. Mm -hmm. Well, like inside note that will never matter again. <laughs> um, and now all of my social media is just Anna Todd. Okay. Recently. Great. And yeah. you are on Twitter, Instagram. Twitter, Instagram. Facebook. Facebook. And do you have a website? Yes. And I had to think about that. Anatod.com. Um, you've got After Out and available for everyone to go listen to, read. The entire it's, series yes. of. Yes, which is a five-part series. You also have the two Landon books that are available, yep. which is also part of the After series. You have The Spring Girls, which is available, and yep. you have The Brightest Stars and a yes. sequel to that coming out very soon. Yes. You are a busy girl. Yes. Oh, I know. <laughs> and <laughs> After the Movie is going to be available for to watch at home um, in the next month. Yes. So watch it, please. 
please and enjoy the making of our sequel. Yeah. Love. Well, thank you so much thank for coming. Thank you guys. Thanks. Thanks. There's so much I took from our interview with her. I mean, I, I could have sat and chatted with her forever. I have, I still have more questions. <laughs> I know. I told her we all need to get down, like, get a dinner on the pages so we can hang out and ask her all the other questions we didn't have time for. Um, what an impressive woman. Um, and also I love that we are at a time when you can set your own destiny out in front of you. Like you can always do that, I guess. I guess that's always existed that you carve your own path, you make your own way, which we talked a lot about in season one of this podcast. Um, but she's the perfect reminder that you lean into the things that you love and that you feel passionate about and don't let one person's judgment define what your success can be or what your success is. And there are more and more success stories of that happening and we're made aware of that. So I also love how she's found a sisterhood in this fan fiction culture and how we started this podcast to have a sisterhood as well. And so there were so many parallels as she was telling her story um, and her experiences that I felt like we had gone through in starting this adventure as well. Yeah, you guys have been so awesome. Thank you to all of you listeners out there. We are continuing to read your messages and they just fill our hearts with joy. So thank you for your support. And I hope you guys feel that sense of sisterhood as well. And we want to keep that going all season long. And, you know, if you need a good summer read, check out Anna Todd's books. They're fantastic. They're quick reads. They're fun. And um, yeah, you can support her. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. And guess what? We've got a new episode for you guys next week. So stay tuned. Can't wait. For years, we've been told that clean means sanitizing using antibacterials. But this kills everything, including the good with whatever bad. Now, Aunt Fanny's brings probiotics to your home with microcosmic cleaners and hand soaps. They add good with an extract of beneficial bacteria plus non-toxic plant cleaners that work. Try probiotic cleaning at antfannies.com slash good and use coupon code challenged at checkout for 20% off your entire order. Own iconic luxury items at unreal values with The Real Real, the leading reseller of authenticated luxury from top designers at up to 90% off retail. Every item is authenticated by The Real Real's team of experts and new arrivals come in daily. New customers receive an automatic $25 off at checkout. Shop in-store, online, or download the app and get 20% off select items with the promo code REAL. TheRealReal.com. Promo code REAL. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 